Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, everyone, depending on what time you are listening. Today we come to Philippians 4, which is the last chapter in Philippians. Remember, this book is on the experience and enjoyment of Christ, but not just for our individual needs. It's important. We're not just here to experience and enjoy Christ for ourselves, but ultimately to fulfill God's purpose to have a group of people that live and magnify His Son, Jesus Christ, for the glory of God and for Satan's shame. So coming to Philippians chapter 4, there's three main points I'd like to hit. These points are intimately linked to one another in our experience. So the first point we'd like to jump into is in Philippians 4.4. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Now consider Paul's word here. Is he just making a recommendation or a suggestion or like, oh yeah, this is just my two cents on maybe to have a little better Christian life? Uh, Definitely not. Paul is making a commanding declaration to the believers in his concluding word here in chapter four. Now consider this, rejoice in the Lord. What does that mean? What does that mean? Well, to rejoice in the Lord means that we are in the Lord enjoying Him. To rejoice in the Lord is to enjoy the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Paul says these words, but this is the inspired word of God. These words originate from God Himself, flowing through Paul, and now written down in, in the Bible. So God, through Paul, is commanding His believers to rejoice in Him. Wow, what kind of God commands his people to enjoy him? This surely points to God's love for us, his graciousness, his generosity, and his desire to supply us to meet our every need and much, much more. It's amazing that we have a God that commands us to enjoy him. The second point is in verses five through seven. They say, let your forbearance be known to all men, the Lord is near. In nothing be anxious, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses every man's understanding, will guard your hearts and your thoughts in Christ Jesus. So at the second point, there's three words I want to focus on. These words are forbearance, anxious, and peace. Now, what does forbearance mean? It means reasonableness, considerateness, and not being strict in claiming one's legal rights. Now, let's consider how high of a bar Paul's putting here. He says, let your forbearance be known to all men. You consider, how often are we strict with claiming our legal rights? Have you ever felt like somebody owed you something? like you were deserving of something that literally there, there's, there's no way to look at the situation um, to see that you're wrong in the matter. But like in every way, in a logical and rational way, you are right and you deserve X, Y, or Z. I think we've all been there. But forbearance is not being strict as it relates to our legal right. This is extremely difficult for fallen human beings. 
And when we really consider this point in light of our experience and how much we fall short, we realize in ourselves, this is impossible. But forbearance here is actually Christ himself. Christ is the most forbearing one. And if you think about it, you know, consider the matter of not being strict and claiming one's legal rights. As believers, we have been purchased by the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, He paid the ultimate price, shedding his precious blood, dying on our behalf. And through that purchase, we now belong to him in a legal way. We are his slaves. We are his possession. But consider how strict is he in our life um, as it relates to forcing us rightfully to do what he wants us to do. He never does that. He never forces us to do anything, even though ultimately, righteously, legally, we belong to him and he has every right to do so. This shows the Lord as the forbearing one. And really, um, he's the only one that can exhibit such a characteristic of forbearance being made known to all men. Now, for us to do this, that's why we need verse four. We need to have a life of rejoicing in the Lord always to strengthen us into such a way to make our forbearance known to all men. This is the connection. Now, moving on to anxiety. We all know it. We felt it. It may be hard to put into words, but the anxiety is something that we all share in common. Paul says, in nothing be anxious. Nada, zip. In nothing be anxious. To me, this word is impossible. It's like, Paul, for real, man? Like, do you know who you're talking to here? You're talking to fallen sinners um, who have a lot of struggles (laughs) on so many different levels. But Paul is strong here. He says, in nothing be anxious. Now, Paul, he's strong and and he's bold in his wording. Um, You know, with these last few, few verses, he is using some absolutes. Um, so let me point these out to you here. <clears throat> Verse four, rejoice in the Lord always. There's an absolute, always. Verse six, in nothing, there's an absolute. In nothing be anxious, but in everything, there's another absolute. Everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. So he has always in verse 4. He has nothing and everything in verse 6. So, question. If we are to be anxious in nothing, how do we do that? Well, we need the always in verse 4 and the everything in verse 6. We must rejoice in the Lord always. And that rejoicing in the Lord affords us the strength So that when anxiety comes, we can in everything come to God in prayer and petition with thanksgivings. And when we do that, we strike the deal of the universe, which we give God our anxieties, and he gives us himself as peace. It's in verse 7. And the peace of God, which surpasses every man's understanding, will guard your hearts and your thoughts in Christ Jesus. Finally, the last point here. Um, is in verses 11 through 13. Paul says, 
Not that I speak according to lack, for I've learned in whatever circumstances I am to be content. I know also how to be abased, and I know how to abound. In everything and in all things, I have learned the secret, both to be filled and to hunger, both to abound and to lack. I am able to do all things in him who empowers me. In whatever circumstances, Paul learned to be content. Whether his circumstances caused him to be abased or abound, filled or hunger, how was he able to do this? It was in verse 13. In him. In him. Brothers and sisters, if you want to sum up the Christian life, the life of a Christian is a life of being in him. Being in Christ gives us the uh, dynamic inward power to make our forbearance known, to live a life of peace without anxiety, to magnify Christ and shame Satan. Brothers and sisters, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, and may we all learn to do all things in him.